What is going on, everybody? This is Candler English here with Training Ground Garage Talks. This is a space where we have open discussions about what it means to be a Christ-centered man in today's world. And we're so pumped to have you here with us. Let's dive in. Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is Candler English with Lee Hollis. Hey, hey. Hey. And Mr. Corey Smith. Hello, hello. Hello, hey. Um, We are here today just to talk a little bit about um, adulting and kind of, I don't even know the process of growing up um, from kind of boy to man, I guess, at at its root. Um, But yeah, we had kind of just been talking about that and thinking about even generationally and um, kind of how uh, the process of becoming a man, even societally, has changed over the last, um, I don't know, even 100 years, I'm sure, even like more than that. But mm-hmm. but there's a slow uh, graduation of um, adolescence almost stretching out um, in terms of time. So... Um, yeah, Lee, I mean, you have well, a lot. Of- well, it was interesting that you mentioned 100 years because when you said that, I thought, well, yeah, there were times 100 years ago or maybe more at this point where you, you could be getting married at 13 and 14 years yeah. old. And you were a man, quote unquote, like in society. Or man. you were seen as a man. Yeah, seen, seen as, as a man. man. Yeah. Right. Maybe not. Whether, you, whether you acted <laughs> or felt like a man, it didn't really matter. But Yeah, everybody called you a man, so that's, that's correct, who you yes. were. It's yeah, but even even like when Corey and I, well, I'm a little bit older than Corey. Just not, a little. Just a little bit. But like, I felt like when I was 16 or 18 that I was really expected to be a man or be out there being responsible. And I had related, uh, I think I've said this story before, but like I came home from college uh, for one semester, so I was there home for the second semester through the summer. And I remember my mom having a conversation, overheard her having a conversation because she was concerned that I was 21 years old and still at home. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. You know, like, it was this big like, thing. If I was still at home at 21, like, is the rest of my life just tanked? Mm-hmm. You know? And I remember this has been probably a decade ago or so that I remember George Barna. Uh, talking about the age of adolescence mm. and, and really saying that adolescence now went from like 10 years old to 25 or 26 years old. And right before this podcast, uh, I, I looked online and uh, they said the standard used to be 10 to 19, but now there are several websites that are like 10 to 24, 10 to 26. And mm-hmm. like, like that's huge. Yeah. In that's, such a short period of time too. Right. Like the fact that it's Almost compounded, yeah. And I know, like, with training grounds, when we've done pre- and post-surveys, that guys will come in as, let's say, a 21-year-old and say that they feel like they're 18 years old, Mm -hmm. you know, in their own mind. And then through a course of the summer, they feel like they've grown an average of four or five years in maturity, which is cool because if you come in as a 21-year-old feeling like you're 18, then all of a sudden you leave with this confidence of a 23-year-old. Yeah. That's huge. Massive. But what if you don't have that? Mm-hmm. You know, how do you get that? How do you how do you become an adult? What does that transition look like? Yeah. Well, you know, I there was uh, gosh, I really am, I don't have the research in front of me, but um, I um, some of our alumni um, were talking about a podcast they were listening to, and they were talking to millennial Gen Z, and um, they actually were coming away, and it was a gr- it was a great 
uh, it'll make you think, but they were, they were really posing the challenge of understanding, well, why grow up? Why, what mm. are the fruits of becoming an adult? Wow. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, I understand that. I mean, because I can, I mean, Sage, my 13-year-old, all she wants to do is be older so she can be more independent and whatnot. But there is this kind of theme or thought that says, why grow up? Yeah. To what end? Mm-hmm. You know, and um, I mean, part of me, to be honest, I was kind of sad when I heard that in some sense. Uh, I mean, I understand why they would would say that. I mean, if you had all your needs, quote unquote, kind of taken care of, you know, what really is thrusting you into the season of adulthood? Mm-hmm. Um, because even I mean, even that word I know is intimidating to folks that are in their late teens, you know, that are just, or even in their early mid twenties. Like we, you know, we deal with guys all the time. They're kind of wrestling with the, what is an adult? What is a man? What does mm-hmm. it mean? Um, but it's certainly a worthy conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for you, Kayler, I mean, at 26, like what is an, what does adulthood mean to you? Like, how did you get here? Do you feel like you're an adult? Do you? Feel- yeah. I, I think that, um, well, yeah, there's a, I think it's so multifaceted because there is, I was going to say this piece too. I think training ground does such a good job in bestowing masculinity, um, within the program, but it's too like, you're like, okay, I'm a man, but like, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. And I think sure. we, we live in a, a culture today where, um, successful manhood, um, isn't running rampant. Mm -hmm. Um, There aren't a whole lot of examples. If anything, it's like men need to be less of who they are Mm -hmm. because man manhood is like toxic, Toxic, which, you know, obviously that obviously that exists. But I think um, there is obviously a God idea of what manhood looks like. And and sure. Yeah. And even too, um, I can't remember if we had talked about this in this podcast or last one, but um, I, I think. Manhood and adulthood often comes through so much more powerfully relationally, like we were saying. That's good. Um, you know, yeah. where like yeah. I, I don't need to read necessarily what it looks like to be a man or I need to have these goals met. I need to see what it looks like sure. real time living in relationship with people um, who operate in that. And, and two, I don't necessarily think there is one holy man. That, you know, we look to, I mean, obviously Christ, yada, yada, so Christianese crap, but, um, but it's like, I, I can learn how to work from someone and then I can learn how to do finance as well or how to love a woman in another way. Um, so yeah, I, but, but again, I think even starting to look at that process, um, you're already swimming against the current culturally. Yeah. And part of, you know, uh, Part of the challenge for me to understand, and obviously I'm Gen X, um, you know, and kind of fast forwarding to Gen Z, um, the idea of thinking through um, evaluating the process of Mm. how we become adults or how we become men Mm -hmm. um, is lost. I mean, I would probably say it's been significantly lost within the last 15 years um, where the actual honoring of the process of becoming an adult has mm. been lost. Meaning, um, I think technology has been a part of that in the sense that we want instant gratification. We can have anything immediately. I mean, I mean, Amazon, <laughs> Amazon and, has yeah. same day delivery, you know, uh-huh. it's like, um, which is unheard of, uh, you know, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So the, 
but we we but but the things that we need as an adult don't come in that package mm. meaning they don't come overnight and yeah. um you know it was like one of those things where it's like uh, i can remember you know watching you know zuckerberg become a billionaire when he's you know how old was he when he created facebook 20 so so but the idea was like that's kind of the expectation is like there's this instant success and and there's no there's no thoughts of going, no, you're going to go work on a construction site for six to, you know, six to 12 months, or you're going to go work in the mailroom. And that's going to be part of your process. Like that's how you're going to learn the industry or you're going to learn systems. Or even we talked, you know, in the earlier podcast about that's how you're going to learn relationship and communication. Mm -hmm. Um, But the idea that the process has been lost um, and it, and not only has it been lost, but it's been, it is not honored. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think the, you know, it's just not, I don't know. I mean, adulting now is, is feels a little bit more intimidating than it did, you know, 20 years ago, but it's still kind of the world we live in. So can you kind of like draw on some of those comparisons? Because I mean, for me, like this is all I've known in terms of like, like what were some of the questions y'all were asking, um, yourselves as you were stepping into this? Um, I Um, think probably for me, the thing, in my story that is very relevant is um, I can remember graduating grad school in the last semester that I was in school, I was miserable. I mean, I probably, I only had five credits and I probably should have been out having a great time, but I was so um, consumed by the question of what was I going to do with the rest of my life? Yeah. And, um, and I can remember just being in such a crazy headspace of going, I, I just was so emotionally overtaken. I'm, I was glad, I'm glad I finished those five credits and I graduated but to that point, like I didn't, I didn't come out of college accelerating. You know, I came out going, "Oh crap, what am I going to do?" Now, yeah. little did I know that the the next, you know, let's see, I graduated in '99, I was married by '01, lived in Colorado by '02, so the next four years would be very transformational yeah, for me. Yeah, huge. And they weren't at all what I thought they would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and and some of that's grace in the sense that like I can remember moving to Colorado and not using my degree, not on Young Life staff. And I ended up renovating a barn for six months. Hmm. And that was me driving to Woodland Park every day by myself, you know, figuring out, you know, what angle the drain pipe on the sink needed to be, you mm. know, like all these things that were much more kind of formational for me where it was, it, it wasn't just like all crystal clear, squeaky clean experiences, but they were mostly filled with challenge mm. and heartache and failure um, and somehow in that, the, 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 the change in me um, came through those experiences. So, mm-hmm. you know, and it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like I learned anything on YouTube. It was like I was calling other people. I was calling my dad. I was calling, you know, a plumber that I knew that it wasn't. There were relationships. It wasn't just tech. Um, so that's a little bit. I mean, there, yeah. there's a little bit of a different relationship so there. I would say, do you think that there, I mean, I kind of see this relationship today, do you think that there is one of the biggest hindrances um, is possibly a fear of failure and stepping into these new, you know, because obviously like renovating a barn for the first time ever, I'm sure you've done, yeah, some work like that, but like, I think that that would be incredibly intimidating to do not in an apprenticeship role or something because you're like, like the, I think the fear of failure is so high that if you don't have this, like, you know, oh, I'm going to make all this money when I get out of school or whatever. Like sure. there's just like, 
fear of I don't know how I to get date it, a bitch but, or whatever. You know. But what here's I mean? the change. Like, mm. and I don't. I mean, I know that there are guys out there that grind too, but like, the fear of failure is a is a stronger excuse now than it used to yeah, be. Yeah, it's not that anyone else out there was afraid was of failing. It? Yeah, I told you, man. I could barely move my last year of school because I was afraid of failing. Uh-huh. But there's there's a like you. You gotta do it. You yeah. gotta. There's no. There's, there's no, no safety net. Right. Yeah. There's no like Absolutely. option to go eject. Yeah. I. I'm. I'm. I'm not going to do this because I'm afraid to fail. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. I'm afraid Absolutely. not to eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is different. And I was. Ne- uh-huh. I was newly married, so that was another right. push, right? And like, my wife's newly married. Not eat. Yeah. And I don't yeah. have. I got to pay the rent. I got to provide. You know, I've got to do all these things. Wow. But the circumstances kind of like, just pushed me out the tube. Like yeah. it was not like a, it wasn't like a, like it, it wasn't emotional, like clarity. It wasn't like, I have all this confidence. I'm just going to go into this. It's like, I got to get it done. Right I now. have no yeah. other choice. There is no escape plan. There's no door with the big exit sign on it. There's one way mm. and you got to go. Yeah. And, and the harder part is, like I said, the reality is, is that I think today, you know, millennials and Gen Z love them, call to them. But like literally, like they can use that excuse yeah. to freeze and live in their parents' basement. But and, there, <laughs> and isn't there true? Like, um, the, there's a huge difference. Like, like the expectation of the generations. Sure. Yeah. Like I didn't expect to go to college. Right. You know, um, but I think that's an expectation for most people. It's like, hey, I'm gonna go to college. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't expect to have a cell phone or a car or. You know, I didn't expect anyone else to pay for it. But now there is this kind of cultural expectation mm-hmm. that, you know, mom and dad are going to give me a cell phone when I'm, what, yeah. seven, eight, nine years old, <laughs> yeah. you know? super young. Like, um, or I, I've, I mean, how many things have been in the news, not recently that I've seen, but like uh, an 18 or 19-year-old suing their parents to pay them, have them pay for college. Yeah. Like, that was never, like, no one owes me college yeah like right. if i'm gonna go i've got to make it happen mm-hmm. you know but there is a different in the, i think expectations for some of those things as the generations have passed yeah absolutely yeah and there is there is a devaluation of grind i mean i think um you know uh talking about that process the uh, the process we become adults talk, um, talk define grind or we oh, would say hustle like what uh, does that grind mean? or hustle yeah, yeah it would be you know kind of the like um and this can be taken any, like anything to a fault but um the idea of going like it's up to me to come through um and i think that i don't know how that is for a woman but for a man it's very it feels very core. Mm-hmm. Um, it is this place of like, I mean, even at just the, the guttural place of being able to go out into the woods and kill an animal and bring the food home to your family. Um, even using that as a metaphor, there is this place that you kind of going out into the world and, you know, you're trying, whether you're creating a harvest or anything, you're, you're, you're trying to bring fruit back, mm-hmm. um, you know, to your, to your homestead. And, um, I, I think there is some huge value on grind. Um, or needs to be, you know, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I think there's a kind of an emotional process that gets lost in that. Like we were talking about the fear of failure, but like, you know, being, you know, offended or whatever your emotional state is kind of becoming into an adult, we can use, we can pull a lot of excuses to not grind. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I think it probably hurts a part of that, that, um, kind of maturing process, uh, becoming an adult, but 
Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, and there's also a place, you know, to piggyback a little bit on that. There is also a place of humility, and I think Lee, you were talking a little bit about this. Where you're talking like I didn't expect to go to college. Like I, I, I wasn't entitled. I didn't feel like I was entitled or privileged mm. to have any of those experiences. Um, I think humility, you know, will get you a long way. Meaning, like, don't, don't. Um, you know, don't uh, look down on the teenager that's working at Chick-fil-A, you know, or somewhere in that place is like, that should be you. Yeah. Right. It mm-hmm. should be you. And it isn't like, oh, well, I should have I should be entitled to be further down the road than I am. So I'm not going to make that move. Mm. And I again, I, I think that is it's an incomplete thought. And I think it brings an incomplete process to your adulthood. Um, where it's like, yeah, you go out and dig ditches. Yeah. We're not asking you to dig ditches for the, for the rest of your life. We're asking you to do it for six months. And you're fortunate, to, understanding that you're fortunate to be able to do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So right. That's it, yeah. Like uh-huh. the other day I was listening, and I've seen this a couple times, it's like tribal people do X, Y, Z. It's a YouTube series, and it's like tribal people see the average American home. And mm. so I watched five or six different people from, it seemed like a Middle Eastern type, a uh, smaller clan of people, the tribal people, and they were shown a video of walking through this guy's house, and he's just like the everyday bachelor, and you know, and they're looking at his shelf full of sports paraphernalia, like he must be wealthy. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a whole room for that. Like, they were shocked. Like, is this? And they could not believe that the average person in America lived like that. Yeah, it was like this mm-hmm. is not. You must be wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, but. They have a different understanding of like what it means to have those things and be grateful. And I think in America that we don't have that appreciation yeah. because we've grown up with it. And uh, I heard someone say that you know since the early two thousands that every generation since two thousand has been the wealthiest generation of any generation throughout time. Wow! What does that mean? What? How does that impact a young person to to have all of that available to them? And how does that change expectations? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're probably, you're leaning into like this thought and it, and again, I mean, here from us, wealth is not bad. Like, right. well, wealth can, wealth can change the world in a lot of ways. Um, but it's probably more of, does it create a cushion to you and kind of delay again, we're talking about this extended adolescence. Mm-hmm. Does it allow you to extend adolescence? Um, or extend, you know, even adulthood where it's kind of like we're not getting to adulthood until later. Um, you know, and, and again, I'm going to sound, sound my age, but it's the idea of like, even if you look at the the boomer generation, which I know gets a lot of slack, um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people that owe the boomer generation a lot of money because of all the memes they've made. But the, <laughs> uh, but the still, a lot of that boomer generation was made by adversity and, yeah. um, and even kind of the wealth and the security that we feel today is on the foundation that they built. Wow. Um, and we we don't we don't we don't want to see that, um, and we don't see that um, because then it would kind of make us think about well, what are we setting up for our grandchildren um, in terms of what kind of secure foundation, and not not just wealth, but just even relationally, like emotionally, all of those kind of foundations are super important. Um, but again, the adversity, and they, they were not a generation that chose it. It chose them. Um, but for sure, it, it's changed the last 60 years for us. Um, yeah. Um, but adversity was a key ingredient. And, 
you know, with, with the addition of kind of, you know, a lot of disposable cash, we get to kind of avoid or delay adversity, um, you know, it, you know, pretty easily. So, yeah, I didn't enjoy the adversity when, when I no. went through it. <laughs> yeah. And you probably wouldn't have chose it. You wouldn't no, have chose it. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Like given, given chocolate cake and a handful of nails, I'm going to choose a chocolate cake, <laughs> Yeah, you know, right. <laughs> but the, the nails might actually be used to build something, mm. you know, anyway, that's a horrible metaphor, but off the top of my head, <laughs> but I, at, at this stage of the game, Sure, there's some things that I would change, and I'm grateful that I know how to make things happen. Yeah, I'm I'm grateful that that there's a lot of things that I could do to make things happen. Yeah, sure. and and that came out of the adversity and and learning how to grind and hustle and. Yep. Yeah. So, what would y'all say to twenty something, maybe even eighteen, of how do I live a more, I guess, adverse life in terms of what can, I don't know, almost put the fire under your butt, burn the cushion of safety and, um, you know, I guess just that cushiony safe lifestyle. How, how, what are some tools that we can use as a generation to get past that kind of framework of, oh, no, I can just chill in my parents' basement until I'm 32 and, mm-hmm. then, and, then, I, and then I have to grow up or whatever. Like, sure. Lee? I mean, this is so countercultural. Yeah, sure, yeah, completely. But you've got to choose adversity. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it will eventually come when people start to die off and no one's offering you money. But even <laughs> yeah. the government has kind of stepped in and made things yeah. really soft for people. But like, like, there's a point where we have to choose adversity, not not rely on other people to save us, but to say, I'm the, I'm it. Yeah. You know, and I'm choosing not to rely on friends or family or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not that that's wrong. There's a time and a place when, you know, but as a lifestyle, like it's on me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not choosing the easy way out. I'm going to choose adversity and it's going to be hard for a while. Yeah. And it's not going to be easy. But eventually, if you keep hustling and digging and doing that, it's going to even out and you're going to catch up and eventually you're going to get ahead. But you, in, in a lot of time, I think in this society, in today, you have to choose that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Otherwise, you could put it off for a long time. Yeah, sure. And you could end up living in your parents' basement until they retire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, one of our buddies, Tom Herzog, um, is about to release a book. And one of his sayings is, do the next hard thing. Mm. And and it's what you're saying, Lee, is the idea of like, it's not it's not a path it's not a clear path to adulthood but it's one it's a linked together of adversity it's it's challenge victory failure but it's it's a series of 6 to 12 of those where it's going i i took on this hard thing and i won i took on this hard thing and i lost but it opened up this other hard thing where it's like you know, you are, it's literally kind of a zigzag of experiences that bring maturity, mm. that it's not this kind of like, I'm going to get on the Plan expressway. Mapped. There's yeah. no shortcuts, right? There's no bypass, right? You got to go on, you know, interstate 81 business. You got to go through town and through town is like stoplights and there's turns and twists mm. and there are things that you can't see until you get to the next intersection. And so it's that next, do the next hard thing. Yeah. And, and, and really like what Lee's saying, you, you're going to have to choose it. It's, it, it's there, 
Those challenges are in front of you. So you, you have no excuse to go, I don't have anything to choose from. Yeah. I doubt that's the case. Uh-huh. Ch- challenge will find you. And there's all kinds of great finish lines along the way. Sure. Yeah. You know, like like paying for the first meal for your parents when you go out. Like, or buying, no, buying your first car. But yeah. yeah. Or being able to sit in your house and like, like I did this. Yeah. Mm. I earned, like this couch, I know where that came from. Right. I earned that money or, you know. Yeah. And all of those things feel so much more valuable to you. And rewarding, yeah. Yeah, when you say that I did this. Wow. And, and that's good to a degree. That's great. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah, thanks so much, y'all. I mean, this has been a... Uh, yeah, it's very countercultural, but I think sure. it's so important to step into there and are, to even yeah. shit. Thank y'all for framing that, sure, um, in such a good way. So. Yeah, I'm sure there are people that have already turned off the podcast. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> get out of here. These guys Mom, don't know they're in. Guys, give me grilled cheese. This guy wants to make my, my life horrible. Yeah, well, it's it's better in the long run for sure. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks so much, y'all. We'll see ya. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us for TG Garage Talks. We are currently accepting applications for Training Ground Colorado 2022 and Training Ground Chattanooga 2022. Now guys, I cannot begin to tell you how life-changing Training Ground has been for me. So if anything we've talked about in this episode or in other episodes have stirred anything in your heart, um, please man, Look into coming out with us. It's going to be a blast, and we can't wait to have you. You can find us at www.trainingground.com, and you can also find us on Instagram at Training Ground Colorado, as well as Training Ground Chattanooga. Well, until next time, guys, this has been Candler English with Training Ground Garage Talks. See you soon.